Welcome to a Pulp Event Podcast, brought to you by the PulpNet, your link to the online world of the Pulp magazines for over 25 years. Online at thepulp.net. In this Pulp Event Podcast, a panel consisting of Christopher Paul Carey, Kathy Mann Wilbanks, and author Wynne Scott Eckert, discuss the universe according to Edgar Rice Burroughs. Carey is Director of Publications at Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated, and Wilbanks is Vice President of Operations there. The talk was recorded on Saturday, August 6, 2022, at PulpFest 50 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay, so uh, Kathy and I are from Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated out in Tarzana, California. We are uh, the company, corporation, we work for the corporation that Edgar Rice Burroughs founded in 1923. Uh, I built the office that you see here in 1927. Um, and Edgar Rice Burroughs used to ride his horse down out of the mountains um, and uh, go to work. Corrales <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, So it's a really charming bungalow. That we work and if at. any of you are ever in the LA area in Tarzana, you have to email me. You can come on over and have a tour. It's a really charming um, office. Um, I, uh, Jim Sellis always says it's a one third office, one third museum, and one third library. So that kind of gives you a feel for what it, you could expect. But definitely highly recommended if you get a chance. So we uh, have been doing a lot of publishing lately. Um, back in, I came on board in 2019 um, and kind of uh, revamped the publishing program. Uh, and we all just kind of go through some of our publishing projects here. Um, we're publishing the Edgar Rice Burroughs Authorized Library, which will be uniform hardcover editions of all 85 plus works by Edgar Rice Burroughs. They have new cover arts by the amazing Joe Jusco. He's doing the best work of his career, and that's in his own words. Um, they have new forwards and afterwards by uh, experts in ERB, uh, the field of ERB. Um, and uh, we have uh, new bonus material. This is really the thing that a lot of the fans really love, bonus materials from the company's archives. Kathy, for many years, was the archivist. You still are yeah. the de facto yeah. archivist. I started back in 18, no, just kidding, oh. 19. <laughs> Under Danton Burroughs, and he was kind of uh, uh, led me through the archives and uh, really helped me grow my knowledge of ERB and all the treasures that, that are there. And so I tell everybody it's, it's like a treasure hunt. You just open a drawer and you never know what you're going to find. It's amazing. It's really fun. It's, so that's it's, not an exaggeration. It literally <laughs> is not. Yeah. Um, so we wrote, we've really been loading, loading up. Uh, the books with those. So we started out like with smaller amount of pages. I think we're up to like we may have even done up to seventy pages in some of these of archival materials. Um, and we have Henry actually Henry Franke, the editor of Burroughs Bibliophiles, is writing these amazing afterwards, um, sometimes fifty pages long um, of the background story behind uh, the writing and publishing history of each of the individual works. So it's really amazing. Um, so you can see some of the covers here by Joe Jesco. He's, he's going through and he's intentionally painting them with different color palettes. Um, <coughs> and it's really amazing work. He says this is the best work that he's ever done in his whole life. Yeah. He did a, an, uh, for FPG, he did an art book, 
art of Edgar Rice Burroughs back in 1996. And he looks at that art and he said, oh, God, that's awful. Don't show that book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it shows you the growth and the change and, and yeah. how amazing he is with, and passionate about it. So we're up to book 16 right now that you can order. We'll be announcing in a couple months, um, a couple months, two or three months, November probably, uh, Tarzan 17 through 20. And then we only have one more set to get through the, the main series. Eventually we'll do also Tarzan Twins and the, the, the uh, Tarzan the Lost Adventure, Lost Adventure with Joe Lansdale finishing ERB's manuscript. Mm -hmm. But those will be fit in kind of when Joe feels the inspiration to do the covers. And then we're going to move on to Mars, and it sounds like Pellucidar after that, mm -hmm. and then probably Carson, and then probably Land at Time Forgot, and then probably Moon Maid, mm -hmm. and then... And we'll see where and they then go on there. and on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, uh, so in 2019, we announced uh, the Edgar Rice Burroughs Universe. This is um, what we're calling ERB Universe Canon, which we kind of break into core canon. That's the original works of Edgar Rice Burroughs. A lot of people associate the word canon with the original body of works of an author. Um, but it, uh, canon can also be applied to, um, uh, you know, officially sanctioned, expanded works by another author. Um, and so we are making the distinction between core canon, that's the holy, the holy scripture of the <laughs> and then the expanded canon, that's the stuff that Wynn and I work on, um, uh, new works by days, hopefully, hopefully I'm talented a little bit, but... <laughs> Sometimes I question it, but um, talented author. So, um, and if you want to see a list of what we've canonized, you can get it at erburrows.com slash erbucanon on our website. That'll give you a list, and that also includes comic books that we've started canonizing. So, um, we began with uh, what we call the Swords of Eternity Super Arc, which is a series of four uh, novels that are loosely interconnected. They have bonus stories in them that are uh, more directly connected, um, featuring a new character named Victory Harbin, which we'll talk to you about in a little bit. Um, Carson of Venus, Edge of All Worlds, launched in April 2020, mm -hmm. like about a month into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. We were real nervous about it, but we made it happen uh, against all odds, and it was very, very successful, the best-selling book that we've had for the company up to that point until Wynn's book came along <laughs> and this became the best-selling book. Uh, his is still the best-selling book, actually, of the, of the universe line. Um, Yay, Scott, uh, <laughs> yeah. how many reviews on Amazon? 94. 94, oh and it's in the, in, in the nearing to, to the five-star. It's like four... Yeah, it's 4.4 4. 4. 4. 4 stars there you go. average. Because yeah. <laughs> so not that story. I'm, you know, looking every day or, <laughs> or anything. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's done very, very well. And we're happy to have Wynn do some more. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, and then we came out uh, last year with John Carter Mars, Gods of the Forgotten by a great author named Gary Grable. He really emulates ERB's style and John, the John Carter narrative voice um, perfectly. Um, and this is really the first John Carter novel since Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote Skeleton Men of Jupiter. Um, it's available uh, in paperback. All of, all of these books are in paperback, hardcover, and collector's edition. Comes with a signed book plate and trading cards, Kindle, and audiobooks. 
Um, so, uh, and then this is the next one coming out. So it's taken me a lot, a lot longer to write this than anticipated. Than it was anticipated, but you know, I had. I think we've. This will be our 28th book that we've published since I came on board in 2019. So I've been very busy. I had to write this over the past eight months. I wrote this on my weekends. So that I've been living this book for for eight months. And before that, it was in my head, and I, I just had I'm constantly thinking about it. But I finally got around to writing it. Um, this is the epic conclusion to the Swords of Eternity super arc, which Win and I will talk a little bit about yeah. later. Um, and it's going to really be a tour of, of the ERB universe. So you go to Barsoom, Pellucidar, the Earth's core, the Oma system from beyond the farthest star, and other places um, even that some of the ERB hinted at, but he didn't, didn't actually write about. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Another exciting aspect is that there are ties in the book to an unpublished ERB manuscript, which was meant to be a novel, but he, he only wrote about 7,000 words of it called The Ghostly Script. It's a very strange story uh, of a world of the afterlife. Um, and uh, I don't know if really many people, like, that's been done. It's kind of a strange idea. To, we've taken this unpublished manuscript uh, and sort of mined it for um, the, the world building, basically, and then used it in a, in a new work. Mm -hmm. uh, before actually publishing that original mm -hmm. work, so but it, but I wanted to do that because I wanted uh, I wanted that authenticity of the the ERB world building in the book. Um, so and it's going to have a bonus novelette uh, called Beyond the Farthest Star: Rescue on Xandar by Mike Wolfer. You might know from working on the American Mythology comics and most recently on our Jane Porter comic uh, that we put out through Kickstarter and later released ourselves, um, Jane Porter, um, The Primordial Carol. Um, so, okay, so that's the Swords of Eternity super arc there, all four books. Um, so just a bit about Victory Harbin, I'm just going to run through this real fast, but a little Victory Harbin primer here. Um, she is the daughter of Gretchen von Harbin from Tarzan and the Tarzan Twins with Jad Balja, the Golden Lion, <laughs> which is the longest title ever. But, um, and uh, she is also the niece of Eric von Harbin, who is the archaeologist in Tarzan and the Lost Empire. That's where uh, Tarzan ran across a lost uh, Roman civilization mm -hmm. in Africa. Mm -hmm. So she has some, some real canonical roots. Um, here's um, uh, Gretchen von Harbin, her mother, and uh, that gentleman there is her father. His name is Nadok. Um, and this comic book miniseries was actually based on a novel outline that I wrote before. I wrote the novel Swords Against the Moon Men for the company before I worked for the company. And um, I, had pitched, I had pitched this to Jim Sullis, but he already had uh, Lee Strong's uh, Untamed Pellucidar in the works, so he didn't want another Pellucidar novel at that point. So I pitched Swords Against the Moon and wrote that. So I had a full outline that I had written that was just sitting around. And Mike Wolfer uh, from American Mythology at the time uh, was uh, looking for the next Pellucidar story idea. And we were on the phone, as we often are, talking about these ideas and storylines and all. And he needed a story, so uh, I 
I said, oh, I got one sitting in the trunk. Uh, and I sent it to him and he loved it. Um, and he's an excellent uh, script writer for comics and has a great sense of storytelling. So he's the perfect person to adapt it. Um, and it turned out amazing, but it is the story. And Victory actually, spoiler, <laughs> she makes a cameo in, in the book. So this is her with her mother. And this is actually sent, you'll see, if you can read that final script there, but it's sort of a teaser leading into my novel. Um, but, so she, Victory was introduced in the comic book miniseries. Um, the, the, the back feature in the, in the comic book uh, miniseries, Carson Wien's Eye of Amphor, and there was a, uh, the back story was called Hallucidar, Dark of the Sun, which is also un, was adapted this was written first, actually, and then I adapted it to a, a prose, prose, which yeah. is kind of unusual. It usually goes the other way. Yeah. But um, she appeared with Jason Gridley just briefly. This, this sort of introduces the super arc that uh, the Gridley waves, which is the means of communication between worlds, um, uh, goes out. It disappears as a principle of physics. It's no longer detectable. So Jason Gridley goes to the surface world, retrieves Victory Harden, who's... Uh, uh, his goddaughter, and who's been studying physics at a place called Darkheath College at Oxford, and brings her back to help because she's kind of a, a brainiac, <laughs> and uh, to help solve this mystery. And so they go to the, uh, these uh, Mayhar or Mahar, depending on how you pronounce it, ruins uh, the winged reptilians of Pulsar, uh, who used to rule over the humans of the area, and they go digging into the um, uh, to the archives there, which is the story of the young victory of how she knew to go there is actually told in Wynn's book, Tarzan Battle for Pulisar, where there's the 11-year-old victory. But they go there, gather this uh, knowledge from the, the Mayhars, and try to use it, but it ends up going terribly wrong. <laughs> and when they're trying to reboot the reboot the Gridley wave, it uh, basically knocks out Pulisar's son, and it goes dark. Uh, and then during that event, uh, this Mahar queen named Tu Al-Sa, who you may remember from At the Earth's Core and Pellucidar by Edgar Burroughs, comes out and uh, Victory uh, speaks, Victory uh, basically speaks with Tu Al-Sa, and she seems to know more about what's going on. But ultimately, she hurls, creates a kind of a wormhole uh, and uh, sends victory through it, and then Jason later follows through after her, trying to find her. And they end up in mysterious places far, far away in the ERB universe, and a strange effect takes hold of them, kind of a la John Carter's transportation, through the transiting through the cosmic void, and they end up kind of bouncing around the ERB universe and visiting many worlds. And that's kind of the opening of the super arc and the mystery of why that's happening uh, is really the the meat of the super arc. Um, the next time we see her is in a comic book uh, miniseries called Beyond the Farthest Star, Warriors of Xandar, where she's suddenly in the Oma system. I'll give you a spoiler here, which hasn't been generally publicly uh, unveiled, but that comic book series actually takes place after the events of my novel. So my novel will show how she gets to the Oma system. And that's from uh, Beyond the Father Star, which was... Um, Introduced to Tangor and yeah. the planet Pelota, which is one of those planets. Yeah, by Edgar Rice yeah. Correct. So, yeah. Um, 
So this is a very unique solar system where all the, the 11 planets of the solar system are connected by an atmospheric belt. And so you can fly a plane from world to world. Um, so that's where she's at. So see her here. And just a couple, just a couple um, more points on her, some archetypal features of her. She has a, a, an apparatus, I would call it, called the, uh, that she kind of jokingly calls the uncertainty gun. It's not actually a gun, but it looks like a gun. Um, and it's a, uh, it's a kind of quantum mechanical device. Uncertainty gun, kind of a pun on the uncertainty, Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and the fact that it also generates a very uncertain effect each time you fire it. Uh, in my book, and a little bit of a spoiler again, but she'll learn that uh, it's actually, the, if the user uses it long enough, it will, it will kind of quantumly entangle with the user and uh, will not violate that user's conscience. So if you don't have murder in your heart, you wouldn't be able to kill anyone with it. It'll produce a non-lethal effect but uh, it might blow bubbles out one time when you fire it, or very, very random. So, um, but it will play a big part in, in uh, fires and halos. Um, another feature of her, she has an animal companion named Hucklebuck. Um, if you read the comic, uh, you'll, know, you'll know about Hucklebuck, but he, um, uh, you'll get the origin story of how, not, Hucklebuck's origin story per se, but you'll get to see the story of how Victory meets Hucklebuck for the first time in my novel. And he's a very strange creature. He really starts out as this pudgy little guy, but uh, he can um, transform into a much larger creature. The Hulk's out there, he's transforming. So can I just make a quick comment? If you don't make little Hucklebuck stuffed animals <laughs> and like little figures that you are leaving money on the table, right? I mean, Working you could probably like fund everything with yep. Hucklebuck stuffed stuffed animals, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. We, Just saying. we did talk to a potential okay. licensee about a Porsche. All right. Okay. Hucklebuck. Okay. All right. Um, so you can see she can even ride Hucklebuck. So he's a very unique creature. He kind of has a musical language in... Uh, she can understand, I won't go into it, but she can understand Hucklebuck. It's explained in my novel. Um, and then another, the last thing is she, she meets a very important friend <coughs> named Tila of Xandar when she's on the planet Xandar uh, in this comic book. And the uh, bonus story by Mike Wolfer that's going to be in Fires of Halos is going to be the story right before she meets Tila, before Victory meets Tila. Um, and uh, you'll get a story, an adventure with Tila. So Mike's writing that right now. It's a really great idea. Um, <laughs> Tila kind of hulks out also, similar to Hucklebuck. Mm -hmm. um, it's Victory pointing out, why? You, you've got big horns on your head. What happened? <laughs> but, um, so that's really, um, that's really Victory's story. So the Fires of Halos will get the full origin story. I'm going to actually back up to the beginning of the super arc, and you're going to get it from her point of view, because Dark of the Sun is told from Jason Gridley's point of view, and we're going to back even further up a little bit, and we'll get that story. So, so that somebody coming into it who hasn't read all those little pieces that are floating around out there can understand what's going on. <clears throat> and then we just recently came out with Tarzan in the Forest of Stone by Jeffrey J. Marriott. Jeff is an amazing author. Um, and he uh, wrote this story set after the events of 
Tarzan and the Lion Man. Um, I got to speed up here, don't okay. I think? But um, that's uh, now available. Um, great cover by Douglas Cloudwood. Yeah. Then uh, these are coming out. We debuted the paperbacks here at the show and have run out, and uh, we've actually had to break our table down. But um, so we're not around anymore. But you can pre-order these on our website. The hardcover should be coming out soon. Hopefully, to ship them end of August, early September. Um, and uh, next year, we're going to have uh, a novel called A Princess of Mars, Shadows of the Assassins by Ian Thompson Zedis. Um, it's going to be a Deja Thoris novel. Um, some people ask us why are we calling it A Princess of Mars and not Deja Thoris, Shadows of the Assassin. And it's because we're really trying to create our own brand with, with Deja and um, distinguish it from anything else that's gone before. This is the canonical. Uh, this is the literary Deja Thoris. This is not the comic book Deja Thoris. And that 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 brand, the Deja Thoris brand, is really associated a lot with the comics. And we wanted to just make a little bit of a break there. And it's about Anton Serzetti's who wrote one of the bonus stories in the um, in uh, Gary Gravel's book. Um, and she's an amazing author. I can't wait to see what she does. Um, and then we'll have. It's not working. Oh no. There we go. Okay. All right. Then we have Wynn's uh, next book, and he's going to do a trilogy, actually, a police star trilogy called uh, The Dead Moon Super Arc. Super Arc, that just really means it's a, a loosely connected series. If you read, like, say, Tan Tanar of Pellucidar, um, Tarzan of the Earth's Core, and Back to the Stone Age, those are loosely connected. There's a thread going through them all, but they can be read as standalone. That's what a super arc is, basically. Right. Um, and so, Wynn, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the first book uh, is called Korok at the Earth's Core. So, Tarzan's son is going to go to the hollow earth for the first time, for the first time in the literary canon. And uh, we're going to move the story forward. So, the current super arc takes place in the very early, night. it takes in, 19, in 1950. Uh, and some of the other stories are set in the 1950s in that early period. We're going to move it forward. Uh, with this super arc, uh, move forward 20 years into the early 1970s uh, with um, the Grace Stokes kind of deciding that, you know, things might be getting a little, little bit crowded on the outer crust uh, and in Africa, and it might be time to uh, slowly relocate uh, to Pellucidar, at least for a on a temporary basis and kind of uh, they might not stay there forever, uh, we, we don't know, uh, but, uh, you know, a nice unspoiled uh, non-civilization type of environment, which, uh, of course, Tarzan, Tarzan loves. Uh, and so uh, Korok goes, uh, is going to be going to Pellucidar uh, on a rescue mission. Um, his daughter, Suzanne Clayton, who was introduced in my prior novel, uh, Tarzan Battle for Pellucidar, has disappeared. Um, she was working in the vicinity of the dead moon of Pellucidar uh, on uh, some environmental uh, situation, help helping to resettle some of the African animals in Mangani and has disappeared without a trace. Um, the dead moon uh, was introduced in Edgar Rice Burroughs' novel and expanded on in uh, At the Earth's Core and the second book, Pellucidar. And essentially, uh, it's a it's a stationary a geostationary moon, a small moon, that is hanging in within the hollow core of the Earth, 
Uh, and because it doesn't rotate at a different rate rather than the rest of the crust, um, there is a, a land of awful shadow that is always in the same place. And it's called the land of awful shadow. Uh, and so there's a mystery around this moon. It's, it's never really explained by Burroughs. And so we're going to explore that and, and look at some of the maybe, you know, maybe scientific um, and mythological explanations and background behind the origin of the dead moon. And that will be the through line uh, of of the book, you know, why is this dead moon here? What's happening? What's the influence on the rest of the characters? Uh, so Korok and uh, his spouse, his wife Miriam, will be primary the primary lead characters in Korok at the Earth's core. We'll probably see um, a reappearance by uh, Von Horst, who appeared in Back to the Stone Age um, and decided to stay and live in Pellucidar. And we'll probably also see uh, an appearance by a character named Chris West, who actually teleported to Pellucidar in 1970 uh, in the, the other now-expanded canon novel, uh, Mayhars of Pellucidar, which was written by John Eric Holmes. Many of you may uh, be aware of the paperback edition. Ace came out in 1976, introducing this character, authorized by Burroughs. It's now been canonized. Uh, and they're also putting out the second novel, which has never seen an authorized publication called Red Axe of Pellucidar. So Chris West is now another character uh, in the deck uh, in Pellucidar that we can, you know, play with and use. The primary characters will be Korok and Miriam. Uh, I'll give one spoiler, and I'll briefly talk about the second two books, uh, and then and then carry on. Uh, so some folks in the room who are deeply into uh, the Tarzan series may be aware of sort of a, um, not a controversial, but an ongoing and sort of unresolved controversy um, called the Great Korok Time Discrepancy. Um, and this, this Korok um, uh, contradiction, if you will, in the chronology of the Tarzan books was introduced by Burroughs himself because he had... Uh, he said the Tarzan of the Apes uh, took place in 1988. Then we move forward to Return of Tarzan. And by the time you Eight, do... 18, 18, 18, 18. Sorry, 1888. <laughs> sorry. Got my centuries wrong. <laughs> by, the time we, by the time we move forward and Tarzan and, and Jane are getting married, you know, if you build the chronology, uh, you know, it's around 1910 or so. And then their son is born around 1911 or 1912. Uh, and then uh, and he's an infant in The Beast of Tarzan. Uh, the next book, The Son and the Tarzan, um, he's a teenager, uh, but we know that only a couple of years can have passed since he was an infant because in a subsequent book, he's suddenly fighting in the Great War, World War I. And so there's a, there's a compression there. And how did, how did that happen? Now, some folks theorize that um, Burroughs you know, just stated the date incorrectly in Tarzan of the Apes, and the Tarzan of the Apes actually takes place in 1872, and so it bumps the whole chronology back. Um, there's uh, another general, and I'm generalizing, but there's another general camp that theorizes that um, the character of Korok in The Son of Tarzan is actually not literally Tarzan's biological son, but perhaps was an adopted relative who was uh, older. Well, you know, uh, um, and uh, the that discrepancy will be um, addressed in my novel, and it will not be addressed uh, by either uh, of those of those theories. Uh, it will be addressed in a different way. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, the next book, uh, which will be coming out, is called Pellucidar, 
Land of Awful Shadow. The lead characters uh, in that will be Suzanne Clayton, who is Korok's daughter, um, a son of Suzanne Clayton, who will be Korok's great, uh, grandson, therefore Tarzan's great-grandson, uh, and a, um, a very capable female uh, Waziri warrior. Uh, and they will be uh, in Pellucidar also having an, the adventure at the Dead Moon. Uh, and then the third book, uh, and again, these are provisional titles, not set in stone yet. The Korok at the Earth's Core is, is set. Um, the other two titles, um, Pellucidar, Dar uh, Land of Awful Shadow, and the third book, Tarzan Unleashed. Uh, so this is where um, Tarzan comes into the picture and Korok and Suzanne have disappeared. Something is going on at the Dead Moon, so now it's Tarzan and Jane uh, coming in to basically say, you know, we're going to take care of this situation and find our family. Because uh, as we know, Tarzan uh, is all about his family, protecting himself and his family. I and just, that's it. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say, uh, Wynn and I had a nice long discussion about uh, his plans, and we we're kind of bouncing ideas yeah. off one another, and it left me laughing with, with glee <laughs> because it's so, so great. Um, like literally Thanks. laughing yeah. with you, you heard me yeah. cackling. Right, <laughs> right, yeah, I yeah, and in a, in a good way. In I mean, a very, right. very good way. Yeah. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I yeah, just... yeah. I had a lot of trepidation when I ran this by Chris because I thought, like, you are nuts. That's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> uh, and no, he, he was. It was very well received. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. So moving along here. Uh, so we have the Wild Adventures uh, of Edgar Rice Burroughs series, uh, uh, which is. Really, um, it gives the authors a little bit more freedom. Sometimes you move into kind of alternate universes. Sometimes they're more, you know, uh, closer to canon, but they're not. The different books in the series aren't necessarily um, gelling with one another. Can, you know, the the events of like one author might write something and another author writes another thing. They might both be true to Burroughs, but they're not true to themselves. So this allows the, the writer to have a little bit more freedom. There's a lot of fun books in this series. Uh, most recently, we have um, uh, Tarzan and the Lion of Judah by Gary Buckingham, who is here. He's manning the Burroughs Bibliophiles table. Is he in here? Is he in here? Yeah, don't see him. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, but uh, he's um, going to be uh, publishing these books himself. Um, he's, had, he's had a few um, supply and demand problems with the printer, but they should be coming out hopefully in September. Uh, and if you want to like pre-order a copy, please stop by the table and see him, and you can do that. So, um, and we've just released earlier this year *Skies of Venus*, a really fantastic novel, uh, set in the modern day where a new hero goes to, or an anti-hero in, in some sense goes to, to Venus, um, and it's fantastic. I can only compare it to like sort of uh, Carson Napier meets Game, *Game of Thrones*. It's really good. It's a really sharp author. He's really really good. Um, we'll also be doing one, Scientists of Mars, by Chris Adams. Uh, that's in the works right now. Um, and then coming soon, you all know Will Murray here. Uh, this is a provisional title, but it's probably going to be the title, Tarzan Return to Mars, uh, by Will Murray. And this will be a follow-up to Tarzan Conqueror of Mars. And this is the first, this is the debut of the cover art. No one's seen this before. This is, uh, it's, I was told it's this 99%, the art's 99% done. It's by Joe DeVito. <laughs> Um, so you got, you know, Tars Tarkas, Tarzan, and John Carter there. 
So really looking forward to that. He's done this novel already. He's, he's finished it. It's in edit right now. So that should be coming along quite soon. So you can get his books from adventuresinbronze.com. <clears throat> and then all these books are on audio. All, all these books we've talked about are on audiobook book or are coming to audiobook. Um, available on audible.com. Uh, also, there's uh, CD versions of them. So most recently, I didn't get a picture in here, but uh, these are the more, most recent ones. And uh, Lee Strong also, his uh, um, Untamed Pellucidar just came out. So that is actually available. You can go to audible.com right now and order it and just download it. Instant gratification. So um, that will have to be having everything that we put out is gonna be on there ultimately. Uh, new from Dark Horse, this was Tarzan and the New Adventures, this was from our online comics uh, subscription program, but done in book form. That is now on the stands, it's fantastic artwork, Tom, Thomas Grimberg, and Roy Thomas, uh, and Benito, is it, I don't, still don't know how to pronounce his name. Gallego. Gallego? Yeah. Gallego. Um, and really, really fantastic uh, art and storyline. So, and then they'll be putting another one out, which is the uh, Tarzan of the Apes, a classic adaptation. Mm. That's what it's called. That's what the online strip is called. That's mm. coming out in September. Uh, that's got Roy Thomas and Pablo Marcos on it. And uh, that one's coming out soon. Good to see Dark Horse getting some Tarzan comics out. Not working. There we go. Uh, I'm a Barbarian. Uh, as a graphic novel from Cedar Run Publications. Tom Simmons is the, the moving force behind <coughs> that, um, that book, so that's out now, the classic Roman tale from Edgar Rice Burroughs. And then we are also publishing authorized comics um, under the banner of Edgar Rice Burroughs Illustrated Epics. And I'm kind of running out of time because we wanted to talk about some other stuff, so I'm gonna flip through here. We did a Jane Porter comic book through Kickstarter, now available in a mass market edition. And we're very, very well received. And we're going to do a follow-up graphic novel, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're just waiting to get it fully produced before we put it up. So it's mostly through production, but uh, we still are waiting on a few pages from the artists. Um, and then we'll do a Victory Harbin graphic novel, Victory Harbin Ghosts of Omos. So that will come after the Jane one, probably. That looks cool. Um, Jim Gerlach, you might have heard, has the At The Air score. These are these deluxe editions. They come in a nice like box set. I'm really looking forward to this for At The Air score. Um, flip through. Come on. <laughs> oh. There it goes. There it goes. Yeah. So it's going to be signed by Phil Berger, who's a Burroughs scholar, and uh, Wayne Stout, the... the Revered artist. It's working. Is battery low? I don't know. Okay. I'm just going to go down here. Oh, there it goes. Oh. <laughs> just when you Sorry, get it. You can see they got changes. beautiful two toned uh, artwork in there. Beautiful. And I'm just, you can, you can probably hear me if I talk, go down there and talk, can't you? So, Bob Eagleton artwork. Amazing. I don't know why it's not turning going to go down there. Um, so, um, and San Julian artwork, I believe that's newly commissioned. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Go, go. <laughs> you can flip it. <laughs> Is it going? Yeah. 
You, you can flip it. Yep. There you go. Okay. Uh, Frazetta artwork. So beautiful Frazetta artwork. You can flip it. And uh, that's Jeffrey Jones artwork. Jeffrey Catherine Jones artwork. And then you can flip it. And then Jail and St. John. Back on that Frazetta artwork we yeah. saw, that's the first time we've seen some of that color. Yeah, I believe that's colorized by Phil Normand, who does our uh, recover, Recoverings dust jacket, beautiful dust, ja dust jacket reproductions. So, there you go. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So, you can flip past all that artwork. And so, those will be available from, uh, that is currently available to pre order from erbbooks.com. So, and Kathy, you want to talk about the merchandising? Or yeah. Um, so, as you. Many of you know that we've been working with uh, Mike Wolfer on comic books, but he is also a, an amazing graphic designer who's done the African logo and uh, for Tarzan, and he's also done several other, many, many other logos, as a matter of fact. So we've taken a lot of his designs and we've developed our Tarzan store on Amazon. So as you can see, we've got a shop by brand um, menu bar that takes you into a lot of the different product projects that we have and the, the by brand. So you can get the t-shirts, there's an apparel, there's audiobooks. It's probably the easiest way to access a lot of our merchandise through Amazon. And of course you can get Prime and all that good stuff. So it's really easy, convenient, and uh, it gives you a lot of range in color. And there's so many different options. Someone was asking me about a doodad shirt. And there you can see we've got a few different options for that as well. So I encourage everybody to go to Amazon.com slash Tarzan and check it out because there's so many different ways. I did. We've been developing so many, yeah, <laughs> we've got an example right here. And this is like a different design of Tarzan that we don't have at our store on our, on our own website. So it's uh, very unique and different things on there and we're constantly updating it and developing new things with, with the, uh, all of the options that we have. Um, so check that out. We also have a store on Zazzle and why we do, why is this? Because Zazzle offers many different types of merchandise that we can't get on Amazon. So we might find like a notebook or um, like a, a little bib for one of our brands called Tars Animals. And there's a lot of other <laughs> options on there. Yeah, so it's fun. And we get to develop things in different ways. And what girl doesn't like to do that, right? Shopping and developing merchandise, it's fun. So I encourage you to go on Zazzle. They also have a lot of discount codes, so great for gifts, and you, you, know, it's, you get the picture. So this slide is really important, and it's a, just breaking news. Uh, last week we were, was it last week or the week before that? We were in San Diego. It's hard, hard to remember, we've I know. been traveling so much. <laughs> yeah, it kind of blends together. But we were um, really, really proud and very happy to announce that we have signed an option agreement with Columbia Pictures for live action Tarzan. So it's in the works. Now I know it took a long time for Warner Brothers to come up with a movie, but they have assured us that it will not be 14 years before we have mm. another movie. So mm. we are super excited. There's a possibility of a series and some other things coming out of it. So we're just, we're um, so proud and happy and, and we know we'll be in constant contact with them, trying to move it forward. So that's exciting. Uh, we also signed for John Carter, stay on that one for now yeah yep. just for yep. a few minutes um john carter of mars we have had deep negotiations with a, a main studio and jim has not authorized me to 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 mention the name of the studio <laughs> however we have signed the deal memo and we will be as soon as we sign the long form which could take a little bit of time uh he always says oh it takes six months or you know 
60 days to six months before we can sign it, um, we will be hopefully moving forward with an animated John Carter of Mars series. So that it, is really exciting too. Yeah, and it's a really good animation studio that's working yeah. on it. So yeah. they do really, really good work. So really yeah. excited. Yes, so we're, we're, couldn't be happier with that. Yeah. Then we've got, we've got shopping agreements on Carson of Venus, Jane Porter, The Girl from Hollywood, Pellucidar, and Land the Time Forgot as cool. well. So we've got active producers out there shopping it to the studios, and they're creating their pitch packets and going in and communicating with people and talking about the project. So we really hope that something's going to click and that we'll have more to announce. It's just the, it's unbelievable all of the great brands that we have available and the opportunities are there so hopefully we'll have more to announce you know in the coming months and years so so um we were gonna win and i were gonna talk a little bit about a uh, a different subject but we're gonna actually skip that we've kind of run out of time we'd like to open it up to q a so do you guys have any questions for us <coughs> um, uh, behind Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sure a lot of us uh, read um, the comics, you know, the John Carter comics and the uh, various Tarzan comics uh, when we were growing up. Uh, you know. um, so I'm just curious for, uh, for both of you, like, what were your experience with the original comics? Were you reading it at the same time as the books as a kid? Were you reading any of the comics? Did any of that uh, affect you at all? You want me to take that? I can. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. My first Tarzan comic, I think, was DC Giant Size Two Thirty Four. One episode of Tarzan and the Lion Man. One of those sixty sixty cent hundred page giants. It had Russ Manning backups, and of course, I didn't really understand like why is this Russ Manning story sort of truncated? I mean, but you know, that was my introduction. Um, I collected all the all the DC comics. I ended up collecting all of the Marvel run. Then I got all of the uh, Malibu slash Semic run in the 90s, and I got all of the uh, Dark Horse. I mean, yes, yes, I have an extensive Tarzan comic collection. And then um, Bill Hillman's ERB zine, uh, which I highly recommend, um, has scans of men, of all the... Um, the Sunday and the Daily Strips. So then I became really acquainted with the Russ Manning uh, comics. And yes, they're all an influence um, for for sure. Um, you can, you can yeah. definitely see it in Tarzan Battle for Blue Star. Yeah, there. Yeah, even when it's not like a direct kind of reference, which there right. are some references yeah. that you pull from there. There's a sort of feel to it. That, yeah. That, uh, I've really enjoyed Thank you. Tarzan Battle for Blue Star. Yeah, tar in in my novel, there are actually some. Um, uh, it's kind of like with the Star Wars situation where they have the new Disney canon now, but they're still drawing characters or elements from the prior quote-unquote expanded canon. That's what, so I, that's at our disposal, right? Like we can pluck a character and maybe we're not saying we're incorporating the whole story, right? But we still have that character um, that we can draw on. Uh, and, and Russ Manning did a great job at like sort of carrying things forward and so I'm a big admirer of what he did. Yeah. yeah. I'll just answer that really briefly for me, but I came in late to ERB Comics. I didn't start reading until the 1990s, so I, I'm much more of a literary guy. So they didn't have a whole lot of influence on me until more later, later more recently, and I've really gotten into comics. I started writing some of the comics and yeah. all that. So, but yeah. but uh, uh, only more recently have they had an influence on me, I would say. But uh, 
Bill, what was your question? Oh, so, so you know how on the original books, Garland was sort of himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And framing device and not every book. So, in all this going forward, comic books, the new book, Burroughs, does A. Burroughs appear in any of them? Great, great question. Yes. So, uh, there's some direct references to Burroughs. He doesn't appear on stage in Gary Grable's novel, but he's an important figure in the, in the actual storyline. Uh, and uh, also very, very important in the overall super arc and culminating in my novel. So mm -hmm. there's like a huge thing about ERB in the Victory Harbin novel. So yeah, yeah, that does play into it. And, you know. and then there's some also other framing devices that were, that you're, you know, we're using too, right? Like receiving some of the stories of these novels sure. at, at the Tarzana offices yes. via the Gridley Wave and yes. so forth. Yes. Yeah. 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 Any other questions? Yeah. Um, with such an extensive universe and so many characters and so much lore with this multiple universes and uh, with the world, have you guys ever considered making a tabletop role-playing game? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, no. We were... We were at Licensing Expo um, uh, a few, well, a couple months ago. When was it? But, and we definitely had an interest in specifically like an Edgar Rice Burroughs universe uh, role-playing role game. game. So, yeah, absolutely. And I come from a role-playing game background. I was an editor, a senior editor at Paizo. I worked there for like 10 years on the Pathfinder role-playing game. So um, I speak their language. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, other questions? Yeah, I'm glad to see that um, that Will's going to be doing the Blue Star books, but um, aside from Tarzan, I keep Tarzan off to the side. You know, everybody asks what your favorite Rose character is. Tarzan exists by himself, so I count from all the others. David Innocent book is my favorite character other than Tarzan and then Carson. And it seems like after Blue or David Innocent basically and at jail, and that's why Tarzan goes to Blucidar to rescue him, and then, um, and I don't, I think I, it's been so long since I finished all the Blucidar books. I just wonder why in all the other ones, is he, is he going to be mentioned, or you can use David in the <laughs> book, or as a major character, rather than a... Yeah, so I will note that in book six, Land of Terror, David Innes came back to prominence, and he was the, pri he was the prominent... Uh, lead character, lead protagonist uh, in that book. But good, your point is well taken. Um, David did appear in in my prior novel. Um, admittedly, you know, not in the lead role, of course. Uh, and uh, you know, I plan on mining all of those characters. Um, will there be a, a, a Pellucidar book with a lead role? I, I don't see why not. Um, it just wasn't the story that we're telling for for this trilogy. Um, but certainly he'll be, a, I'm sure he'll be appearing along yeah. with Diane and, yeah. I mean, yeah. it just seems to me that um, he's kind of got some short script. I mean, like the Tarzan book, the Tarzan's not the main character. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. And, or Carson, well, Carson then it was all, all five of them. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think of, I think of Pellucidar as a, it's a, it's a it's, setting. It's a world. I mean? It's so yeah. many people yeah. in it. Yeah. So, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But, but. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Whereas yeah. the Tarzan book, the main character is Tarzan. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and I would also note, like, even in some of the Tarzan books, Tarzan doesn't appear very, very much, you know. Not, certainly not half of them, but, you know, there's a good number of them when Tarzan is really in the background and, and uh, kind of operating around other characters that uh, Burroughs has introduced. Any last questions? All right. Thank you so much Thanks for a lot. coming out. Thank you. You've been listening to a Pulp Event podcast, brought to you by the PulpNet, your link to the online world of the pulp magazines for over 25 years. Please visit us online at thepulp.net. Also, look for the PulpNet on Facebook and on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and keep reading the pulps. This Pulp Event podcast is copyright 2022 by William P. Lampkin, all rights reserved.